0: Hi, uh, this is the Big Fort. Uh, we've been joined by uh, Grant Dudson here from Sconhork. Um, your hosts are myself Gavin Lassine and Winston Williams. Um, hi, so Grant, all, all the stuff that you've uh, I've known you for a number of years now, um, and you've a very talented guy. Um, you've done everything from singing, traveling around the world. You've uh, recently released uh, a bunch of Kid's book. Uh, that was uh, selected in, into one of the comp- uh, BBC competition, and um, it was, you know, it's been received really well. Um, you're a creative director. You do martial arts. You sing. You play the guitar. You've got so many things going on. Uh, <laughs> tell me about, <laughs> tell me about um, just basically how you got started. How did you come about all of these various different experiences, and how your journey from Scunthorpe down to London, and you know, and take it from there.
1: Yeah, I mean, if I'm gonna start at the beginning, um, it's 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 literally like at the age of 16, I start I got my black belt in karate, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, I started teaching um, like three classes every Wednesday and, and and Saturday, and so that kind of brought in a little bit of money. But I was like, you know, I need to expand. I need to do more with my life. And scum thought, quite frankly. You know, having a gig like teaching a bunch of people karate was actually a blessing, especially at that age. Um, But I uh, if I wanted to get any sort of work, it would be factory work. I'd worked in like car carpet factories, polystyrene factories, chicken factories, you name it. Right. And and there was no real opportunity at the time. And I don't know what it's like now, but at the time there was nothing, nothing there really that that was going to allow me to start to kind of progress as a. As, as the person I wanted to be, and uh, the only way to do that was really to be in London. Um, it came to me going to university, and I was like, "Right, that's a good way out of Scunthorpe." So ended up going to Coventry, but then realised that Coventry was like a big version of Scunthorpe, uh, and, and wasn't quite what I <laughs> really had in mind. Um, it was just like you know, I was just used to lots of scrapping and all of that in Scunthorpe, and I thought if I go to a big city, that's going to change. And Coventry was just it was just like an amplification of that there were just more people scrapping yeah Um, but what that did allow me to do is start to really explore my capacity to be social Mm -hmm. also opened my eyes to uh, a more diverse culture as well because obviously you'd have everybody from all manner of uh, different walks of life uh, different types of uh, individuals um, coming from different countries and and different kind of belief systems and you all effectively became part of the same world. Now obviously sometimes uh, relationships didn't work but it did allow me to kind of work on my ability to uh, empathize and gel and you know I think as I tell you this story I think one of the big things that I've learned in life is ultimately it's about trying to understand the other people the, the person you're talking to or the people that you're that you're talking with, or that you're associating yourself with, I think that's the most important thing uh, to be able to to have that that empathy. So Coventry wasn't particularly the best experience, but it was it was, it was what it was. And then I ended up going back to Stunthorpe. And <laughs> I thought before I went to uni, I ended up going to London straight from Coventry. That didn't happen. So I had to go back to Stunthorpe, and then effectively for a whole year. I was trying to work out my life and I went to uni to study graphic design and then realized after three years that that wasn't my passion and that my passion was music and that I loved to sing and I used to sing to any girl that would let me sing to them right I mean that that, <laughs> so that, 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 that was testament as to whether you know I had what it took or not right because if I sang <laughs> to a girl and she's like well, just stop singing like immediately yeah then, then and a lot of them I didn't even know right so it was kind of like actually, I'm getting a lot of good feedback. Maybe this is what I should pursue. Mm. So, in all honesty, I, you know, and I told my parents like I don't want to do graphic design anymore. Even though I spent three years studying that subject, uh, they were like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And I'm like, "I'm going to go and sing. I'm going to go and sing in a band." And they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and they're like, well, wh- wh- "Where are you going to go?" And I'm like, "I've got to go to London because that, that's where everything happens, right? Mm. That's that they're, they're, they're the big shining lights and." And if you're going to meet anybody that's going to make things happen, it's going to be in London. So I literally um, started sending, and this is back in the day when you sent out like CDs and DVDs and all of that, right? So I'd be sending all of those out and I'd be looking on, I think it was like, um, it was like, it's called backstage now, but just just basically for auditions and all of that. And Mm -hmm. then I started getting auditions and then uh, I got to the point where the minimal amount of money that I made, basically teaching karate allowed me to pay from time to time for that train all the way to London to go to an actual audition face to face Mm. and then come back again yeah but that gets expensive and it gets expensive for somebody who hasn't got a job that's pulling in some big bucks and that was my situation at the time Mm. Um, long and short of it is it took me a whole year and then I, 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 I ended up going to an audition and then I got selected for this boy band right Mm-hmm. And all of my my time at that time I was always told I was too old. I was like 20, 21, 22 and too everybody old. was like, That's oh, you're too. Old. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like what? I'm like how old do you look at oh, I was 16, 17, you it. 22 like you're an old man. And I was hell. like so even at that age yeah I was like I've i I've, I've passed it, right? I'm 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 done now like what am I going to do in my life? But I thought you know what? I'm just keep going and keep going and keep going because mm-hmm. it was about the music for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so came to London, ended up doing these auditions and then got selected for this band. So I got shortlisted and basically then got got, uh, selected for the band. Mm -hmm. They would not pay for accommodation or anything like that but they would effectively uh, start putting me in the studio um, working with me to create a whole album and this that and the other. Mm -hmm. Uh, A week into it I basically got fired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> why what happened what did you do what did
1: you do well basically the producer who was running the show this was yeah. in bermondsey at the time amazing warehouse that he invited says so me and like four or five other guys
0: yeah
1: um he was uh he was right grant i want you to come in on this note, this key and I, the thing is i've never studied music so i don't okay. know what keys notes or i'd like if you if you tell me right read this i don't have any music theory background i only mm. like sing by ear or play by ear okay. and, so, and so he was like you got to hit that that tone and i'm like all right no problem and i'm like no and he's like no that's not right i said why well, are you sure he goes yeah you, you missed it i was like okay give me a, give me another go and then he, he brought me back in and then i'm like oh no, yeah and he's like no that's not right you need to you need to hit it high and the thing is i got to the point where i was like no you're wrong mate like i am <laughs> i'm hitting the note i was like it's not me it's you yeah. And then suddenly this big argument happened, and it erupted. And he was like, "Dude, this is not going to work. See you later." And I'm like, "Shit, I've got to go back to Stumthorpe now." Oh. Right? And I tell everybody back home, I'm like, "I've made it. Like I'm in a boy <laughs> band now. It's going to happen." Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, and this is, and this is, and you know what it's like as well, Gav. It's like yeah. up and down, up and down all the time. So yeah, yeah. I was already in London by that point and my auntie and uncle in Brighton were like you know what you can stay with us for three weeks and then you need to find your own way Mm. you know whether that's couch surfing or whatever you know like we'll put you up for three weeks so i got basically kicked out of this boy band within the first week but i had an extra two weeks of accommodation already and had already factored in the money to commute from Brighton to London every day for that next two weeks so i was just like you know what let me use this this time to to basically penetrate London as much as I possibly can, talk to everybody, sing to everybody, do whatever I can to see if I can leverage from this opportunity. I ended up getting some crappy marketing job, um, which effectively made me 20... I think tops I made sixty pound a week, <laughs> and, oh, uh, and 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 um, you know in London that's that's quite that's quite hard going to be. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and especially for the work that it entailed. I was one of the guys on the street, like with you know the satchel, and I'm going up to to people like on Oxford oh. Street, go, oh my God, your hair's amazing, and this, that, and the other, and I, I represent, <laughs> and I'm going to give you a photo shoot, and all you have to do is pay fifty pound, and normally yeah. it's two hundred and fifty quid, but today on a special offer it's fifty quid. Like, oh my God, like you're so <laughs> lucky that I'm <laughs> right. (laughs) and and so like that's what I started to do so I started to make a little bit of money but I was eating like I was eating cornflakes for breakfast but then also for lunch and dinner like I got to the stage where I was really struggling and I left my auntie and uncles after three weeks and uh, luckily a friend of mine who just nailed a, a gig with an investment bank it was Goldman Sachs he ended up moving into some Goldman and Sachs um, organized accommodation. And so he was with two other guys and he asked them, he goes, listen, my boy's stranded a little bit. He's trying to make his way in London. Can he stay on the couch maybe like a month or something? And they were like, yeah, no problem. And so in the end, I just couch surfed. I couch surfed for like three months. Um, and then, you know, nothing was really g- going for me. Like I was just like, like I was just like, what do I have to do? I'm singing to everyone, but I'm not singing to the right people. Mm. And I was trying to align my thoughts with positivity and trying to get there. I didn't, I didn't want to go back to Scunthorpe no matter what. Cause I was telling everyone I've been in a boy band. I didn't tell everyone I'd just been kicked out within a week <laughs> and it still felt like I was in a boy band. So I still played that story. Yeah. And, uh, and then I got to the stage and I told you this, like it was three months in, I was super broke. And I and I was literally like maxed my overdraft. And then I knelt down outside of Topshop, Oxford mm-hmm. Circus. And I just felt so sorry for myself. I was just like, it's that darkest hour comes just before dawn situation. I know everyone thinks it's cheesy and corny, but actually from my perspective, there are references in my life that absolutely relate to that.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I even crouched down. I remember I had this crazy like, and fashion was different back then, especially my my fashion compared to how I dressed then. You probably want to be my friend back then, Gab. To be fair, like I used to wear like this this uh, string vest from Topshop. Topshop uh-huh. were like yeah, cutting edge fashion, right? And it was see through. It was like a like a Rhapsine Nesbit kind of like see through vest. And I thought this was I thought this was like amazing and everybody and everyone's like it's kind of all right but it's a little bit you know it's it's a, a bit, bit different much. and i'm like no, no no i'm rocking it i'm rocking it and they used to have a flat cap and they used to uh, like a yeah yeah all of that <laughs> and then i had armbands i put armbands like sweat bands on my wrist and my and my arm as well like no rhyme or reason to it just because i wanted to style it out well, maybe that <laughs> was <go> to- <laughs> a reason <laughs> why things weren't picking up oh I, yeah exactly right. <laughs> and, and the thing is is like in the daytime i'd wear it but then i didn't really have much much clothes as well when it came to like going out at night so i'd end up rocking that too so (laughs) i'd be going to a club in the same stuff but i get the wrong kind of attention at that time (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) yeah and so like um, i mean i learned pretty quickly what not to wear uh, but effectively, I was crouched outside a top shop in that string vest and I was just asking for a way out. You know, I'm not religious. I am spiritual. But I was asking for a, you know, for something. I was just like, you know, reaching out to a higher power. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I've done everything I can. I'm broke. I'm, I'm starving. I'm couch surfing. I've been doing it for three months. I just need some help. And that's all I said, right? But it was internalized. And then I like this is how crazy it is. At the end of my like monologue, this woman came out of nowhere and asked me to stand up, and I'm like, yeah, no problem. And she goes, um, oh, she said, I just noticed you crouched down there. She said. I, have you ever done any modeling before?" And I'm like, yeah, I've done bits and pieces. Uh, I was like the face of 1998 for Scunthorpe. <laughs> he <laughs> signed me up to a Sheffield model agency. But I didn't tell her that bit, but like, you know, it was it was a proud moment at the time. But basically she was like, I represent Premier Model Management and I'm actually really interested in your luck. I'm one of the scouts. Do you want to come down um, and meet the team? Um, we'll take some Polaroids with, uh, of you now. And then wow. if everyone likes you and agrees, we'll sign you up there and then. That was Naomi Campbell's model agency. Mm. Yeah. Before, before that, I'd sent like my pictures to select, to Premier, actually, uh, to storm all of the major agencies for years. Mm. And it takes me dressed as some like Rabsey nesbit looking <laughs> pro dude kneeling down with a flat cap, feeling sorry for myself, for them to go, come with us.
2: Everyone takes notes if you want a modeling contract,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. Need new outside top shop and you'll you'll make it. Yeah, exactly. That's the spot. And 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 quite frankly, when I um when I went to see them, they signed me up on the dot. And then two days later, I end up going to a casting, I end up getting lost, Uh, I'm trying to open this door to try and get I could see everyone queued up. I'm trying to open this door to get in and it's just locked. And I'm like, how do I get round? Mm-hmm. I turn around, start to walk, and then this other dude's lost. And he's like, he's like where's the cast? I'm like, it's through there, but I've no idea how to get around. And he's like, well, you know what? Um, I'm here for the casting as well. Let's try and find it together. And we just got chatting. He was from LA at the time. And um, he had a, his own project on the go. And like, as we walked and talked, it turned out that he was like uh, a singer, songwriter. Uh, he had kind of financial backing as well and um long and short of it is that we were like listen why don't we try and write some music together and see if it works and if it works then we'll work something out and so in the end uh we were like bouncing back and forth meeting up every other day writing music left right and center and then we went to actually perform uh, an audition and everyone would they were like wow you guys are amazing how long have you been together and we were like Two weeks, and they're like, oh we didn't, we didn't see that coming. That's amazing." So, he was part of the California Dream Men at the time, right? <laughs> he went from LA, <laughs> he went from LA to Italy to do a tour of Italy, and he's doing it for a whole year. But then ended up, you know, meeting a girl, and ended up with this this girl, and she kind of, you know, was um, like an important part of his life. So he kind of settled down and. Uh, and stuck to Italy as a base, but came over for modeling to London. And he was having to go back after this two weeks. And then he, and he literally sent me a text going, listen, I believe in what we've got. I believe that we can make this happen. Um, if you're game, I'll pay for food accommodation um, and we'll, we'll get this project running and we'll, and we'll make it happen. And so that that was the beginning of me basically being a singer for two years. After that, I was singing in LA, singing in Italy, toured around Europe. We basically went to you know New York, and um, we had a we were there for the time of the blackout when the whole of New York, New York went out. Um, and so that was an adventure. It wasn't an easy adventure. It was tough. Um, and he you know he had his. Problems as well, and I had my own problems. So we did. We we butted heads quite a lot, but then we jailed Like you know, it was back and forth. You know, for me to go, you know what? I don't really know this dude. Yeah. Let's just make exactly. it happen. Exactly. A lot of people back home were like going. So you know, boy band. I was like, yeah, it's a different boy band now. I've started again. <laughs> and then they, then they're like, so what are you doing now? Yeah, I've just moved to Italy. And then we recorded three songs in Italy. And then I'm like, right, I'm going to LA now. And then we went to, went to Vegas first, and all of that. So that, and then. Two years later, the long and short of it, you know, the interim was me. I was still couch surfing, right? Mm-hmm. So I never really had a home. You know, I couch surfed to the point where I ended up staying with a with a pimp for two months. <laughs> which, which I <laughs> yeah, think I, I told you about story. at that yeah, point, Yeah, I right? me about this. And story. so, you know, because I was with this dude who was my bandmate, he was like, you know, where I go, you go. And he goes, like, my, my boy's going to look after us. He'll put us up um, for two months or whatever. If you're game, let's do it. Uh, when in fact he didn't even say if you're game. He's like, this is what we're doing. And then his boy picked us up in like this Range Rover. And at the time, like, I was easily impressed as well, right? I was just like, man, Range Rover. This dude must be doing something serious. <laughs> I didn't realize how serious it was until I got back to his crib, and I was like, holy shit, this is like on another level. Yeah. Uh and we walked in and there's like all of this is a Sunday afternoon at like three PM and there's like ten girls just sleeping in different parts of this living room. It's like a flat. Mm-hmm. Uh and it was like a uh, it was like a one bed. There was a mattress in the middle of the living room, Jeez. and the and the bedroom was gonna be our bedroom that we would effectively, you know, sleep in and write music and basically put our heads down for, you know, the next two months until we could get our stuff together. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, there are many stories I could tell you about that alone. You know, police raided, like, dude dude had a gun and he was like, you know, people are after me. Don't tell the white boy, he might get scared. Like, you know, it was all of this kind of stuff. And so it was that, like, I was living a bit of a, a dr- like because I couldn't call my parents in Scunthorpe and go listen <laughs> I'm living doing? with a pimp <laughs> yeah I'm living with a pimp he's put, he's put his gun away now and like you know the police have left so it's all good I, I told him it was fine like you know I would literally I got LAPD three of them outside the door they're banging on the door I, I my, 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 my bandmate was like listen just go and answer the door and I looked through the spy hole it's like three dudes LAPD and I'm like for me I'm always like I just see American films because that's what I used to watch as a kid. So I'm a bit like, whoa, tripping out. I opened the door. They're like, get back, get back. And I'm like, what's going on? I said, I'm a singer from the UK. Like, I'm just here to sing. Like, yeah. I'm in an R&B band. I can sing for you if you want. Like, I can prove <laughs> I'm <work> a weapon <laughs> type. And they're like, who is this? Who is this dude? And, um, and then I ended up basically... Uh, I ended up showing them my passport, that measured up because I'd only been there. I was only there on a three-month waiver visa. And within within the time I was at this the, the, the pimp's crib, I was, um, I was actually uh, still within the three months. So I was fine when they checked out my passport. Um, so everything measured up. And then we literally, like, I closed the door. They were like, all right, see you later. And then knock, knock, five minutes later, there was one of the girls with a client. And I'd open the door and she's like, oh, can I just come in? We've got nowhere else to go. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, uh, do your thing. And there's like a dude with it, like, all right, mate. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Like, <laughs> I felt like, an, like, like, a, like a pimp's apprentice. And then I go into the bedroom and just start writing lyrics and work on our next song. Yeah. So that, like that was the life I ended up living, it was, it was nuts. And I've got a thousand stories like that. Um, and so in the end, because I know we, have, we haven't got that long, after two years, we were always trying to do stuff to get attention, right? We, would, we, would, we, we were quite crazy in that sense. We were so desperate to be heard and we felt that we had the talent, we had the music. We're kind of going back to the beginning, right? Where we're like, you know, where I was like, I've got a voice, I wanna be heard, but people are not listening. Mm-hmm. So how do you make people listen? And we were like, it doesn't matter how you get them to listen. Just do what you need to do and when they listen, make sure that you're gonna come up with the guts. And so we felt the music and everything that we represented was was good enough for when people were ready to listen. But it meant that we would have to pull off some sort of publicity stunt in order to get people to listen in the first place. And this is when we basically, we said that we were signed to Eminem and 50 Cent's new record label, which did not exist. We called it G-Unit Soul. I created a website, first time I used my graphic design skills. I put 50 Cent and photoshopped in between me and my singing partner. I gave him a cap with the band's name on and we even tucked some of the songs that they would kind of released in, um, in America uh, and we somehow found the instrumentals. We had an inside person that got some instrumentals to us. And then we put our own voices over the top and remixed them and then put them as free download on this website <laughs> saying that we were like now like this protege kind of talent uh, that Eminem and 50 Cent were grooming to you know for world fame.
0: Yeah.
1: And the crazy thing was is that we were properly hustling, right? And every time we went to uh, a club when we were in LA or even beyond that, especially when we were in America, I'd always give my CD to the DJ, mm. always. And 95, and that's what I'll say about America is 95% of the time they would always play our music. So we'd be in the studio <laughs> a week before and literally like you've got Usher and all of that, like you know, amazing artists playing the music. You've got like you know, 500, 600 deep on the dance floor and next minute your song comes on. And that for me was success in its own right. Like yeah. I was just like, Wow, and then oh, you just sit back. There's no pressure. You sit back and you let you see how people respond Mm. to the track you've just recorded. Yeah, so we were always doing that, and then we we were in the. um It was basically it was a it's a hotel. Have you you been to LA? You've been to LA quite a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, I've been
1: to. Right, so. So, you know, the standard downtown, it's like a hotel and they've got like this swimming pool right at the top of the buildings, stunning. They've got like an outdoor dance floor and this, that and the other, went to talk to the DJ there, played the music and I ended up meeting uh, this woman who was very, I didn't realize at the time how influential she was, but she was very influential (laughs) as a journalist back in the UK so the whole point is that we developed the website and then I, and I created a press release and i sent it out to like i'm not kidding like over thousands of people publications i almost had to believe it myself yeah. i sent it to family members friends i just sent it everywhere yeah. and i was working like three days on the trot with no sleep just sending emails 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 it wasn't like now you couldn't just take all of the publications And just like, you know, basically take all this addresses and then just throw them into, you know, the the send box. And off it goes. Like it was literally cut, paste, cut, paste, cut, paste. It was so laborious. But Mm. we ended up getting a response from this woman who I kind of didn't really remember too well from this club. And she went, this is amazing, guys. I was in LA listening to your track. Everyone loved it. I knew you'd make it eventually. I've got hold of my boy at the Sun newspaper. And he's going to call you tomorrow. Make sure you're ready. I'm like, that's it. What do I do? do like, <laughs> because it's a lie. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm well, like, well, this, this,
0: the sun, you know, I'm not that, yeah, <laughs> true. I'm not that no, fussy that, with the, with yeah, the that, truth. That, that
1: is true. That is true. But at the <laughs> time, we were so desperate. We were like, we just got to do this. We've just got to wing it. So I ended up like answering the phone. I said, listen, I can't really tell you too much about the, um, about Eminem and this, that, and the other. Cause I said, it's, it's kind of top secret right now, but I can hand you over to my manager, dude called Harvey Ace. So we had like pseudonyms and stuff. And it was basically, <laughs> it, was, it was basically my, my singing partner who was an American, obviously American dude. So he's got the, he's got, you know, he's got the charm and he's waxing lyrical and, and yeah. the accent. He's like, yo, what up, Harvey Ace? What's up? <laughs> and be like, oh, Harvey Ace, oh, it's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. He blagged it. Next day, double-page spread in the sun, straight out of Scunthorpe instead of stray out of Compton. We had s- over 600,000 visits, wow. unique visits, to our website within 24 hours.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I mean,
1: it went nuts. And then you're talking about energy and this, that, and the other. I ended up randomly meeting Eminem's lawyer two weeks later. <laughs> randomly and yeah. he and then he because I was in a seminar told like went to this seminar in Q&A basically said I just pulled off this publicity stunt um and this has happened blum blah blah. blah. everybody's like well we we want to know what the publicity stunt is and I'm like if you want to know come and talk to me one-on-one afterwards and we will exchange cards and this that and the other yeah and then that night Eminem's <clears throat> M&M's lawyer was in that crowd and he grabbed my arm that night when we were going to like a nightclub and he, he was literally smoking a cigar or whatever outside a restaurant. And he goes, are you that dude that, was, that, that said he pulled off a publicity site? I says, yeah. He goes, what was it? I was like, oh, M&M, blah, blah, blah. And then the woman next him was like, do you know who he is? I have no idea. And she's like, well, I'm Marilyn Manson's manager. This dude manages somebody, I can't remember who it was. And, and this guy was talking to Marshall Mathers five minutes ago. And, I was oh, just like, oh. Oh, oh. and it was so much to take in. I was just like, what? And, and then it's like, yeah, I'm Eminem's lawyer. So I'm like, if someone's going to sue me, it would be you. And he goes like, yeah. But he says, I'm not going to sue you. But you need to give me the website, the domain name, all of that. Hand it over. He said, yeah. this is the entertainment industry. It's not the music industry. As yeah, soon yeah. as people understand that, they'll start to make some serious disruption and progress. He goes, you've got balls to do what you did. Yeah. He says, here's my card. Next time you're in New York, lock me up and I'll introduce you to some serious people. Fantastic. And that was it. That was,
0: that it. was good. That was, uh, yeah, that worked out <laughs> brilliantly. Yeah, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, from from everything that I've heard, you know, the whole journey is just that you never gave up. You know, you hit every failure, right. you learned from it, you built upon it and you just kept pushing, 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 pushing. And it's just, you know, it's just testament to where you are and what you've achieved and the experiences that you had and just how amazing this like a random sequence of events has taken you all over the world. And it, it kind of reminds me of um, this movie I watched called um, the The Case of the 100-Year-Old Man that went out the window and escaped or something like this This is a Swedish book and it's a crazy story about this guy who done basically lived your life basically he just went from one thing to another he didn't really know what and why and how he was doing stuff but he just wanted to have a good time and he just randomly just went across and did so many different things and it's just incredible I mean if you just done it the conventional way and just said I'll give up you know you could be in a factory right now (laughs) you know good easily.
1: I yeah i mean that, <laughs> that was that but but working there was impetus you know for me to it, like and that's the thing like you're you know everyone's like you're from scunthorpe i'm like yeah i'm from Scunthorpe. but like like coming from scunthorpe is, is, is a, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time in the sense that you know i was coming from that place i was used to um a certain way of life mm. and so you know i get to london like and I go to Yo Sushi, which wasn't even around that time. But that was like, that was a that was a dream experience, right? Because I'd never had anything like that before. Yeah. You know, it was, I was so easily beguiled by life. I was so easily like impressed. Yeah. And I think that that's that's one of the the, the beautiful things. Like, um, yeah, I, I think I think that there's we can always complain about where we're from and this that and the other, but it does it does mould you. It very much gives you a foundation as to who you are, mm-hmm. and then what you do with that foundation is obviously up to you. Because the thing is, I've spent 18 years in Scunthorpe, mm-hmm. I've spent 22 years around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so arguably, I'm more of a man of of a kind of international status now than I am, no, of,
0: course. of course. Um, but you know,
1: celebrating every part of your life, the good and the bad, I think it's, it's just it's it's uh the imperfections make you who you are, right? And I think that's really important to-, to take I have a question
2: through. about your personality. Um, Cause you said you did that um, uh, selling photographs in the in, in West End, right? In London? Well, yeah, I
1: was, yeah. I was, basically yeah, it, was a, it was a beauty day, right? So you sign them up to this whole beauty package yeah. and you come in with like, oh my God, have you, are you a model? No, I'm not a model. Oh my God, well, this is your moment, right? And then you basically flag <laughs> it and say, They'll get their nails done, their hair done, everything's like, you know, tip top. And then they get a photo shoot at the end of it. And they get to take a couple of like beautiful pictures away with them. And then they can send that off to model agencies. And that was, but I just didn't sit right with me in the end. Like, like, (laughs) that's the one thing I'll say. I've tried pretty much everything, but Mm. if I don't feel it, I can't do it.
2: The reason I ask about that is because I did something similar as well when I was about 18 years old. Um, And I, I was quite, as a teenager, I was quite quiet. And I did that job for about a month. And it really just showed a whole new side to myself. I couldn't do the job after a month. I was like, this is crazy. I can't I can't be talking to people and persuading them stuff that they don't want to be doing. But no. it really added something to my character. And I don't know if you, have you, the way you speak now, you're very energetic. You're very, you sell yourself really well. Are you, have you always been like that? Or has something happened over time that has created that personality?
1: Ah, it's a good question. Um, I, I think, so so I, I have to say that that I, I was a, I was a really confident kid up to the point where I was about ten years old, mm. and then I ended up going out with this girl, who just like she was taller than me, and I ended up like she was I, I tried to kiss her and or snog her, and I ended up like sliding down her chin and <laughs> it was all really messy, and she was like, "Oh, you snogging my chin?" and I'm like, "Oh, I'm, what?" And, she, and then she told everybody, and he's like, yeah, "Hey, snogs chins, that guy, watch out. <laughs> And, and so that hit me quite, <laughs> that hit me quite hard it's like a 10 year old kid I'm like yeah I'm cool and next minute like I snog chins and it wasn't so cool so I went quiet then uh, mm. especially with women until I got to the age of about 15 16 started to find my way again mm. um, I always had the, the, the kind of the inside impetus to, uh, to be confident um, I always wanted to be confident. It was always there, but I think we get knocks in life, right? And it, it, it throws you off a little bit. And I think the big thing for me was teaching karate, actually. That, that really helped me uh, because I would, at 16 years old, an instructor left, there was an opportunity for me to go straight into an instructor role at 16. Mm. And I've got three classes. I've got kids, so five-year-olds to 10. Then I've got 11 to, say, 15, and then 16 to, like, 50 years old so i'm teaching these big dudes who quite frankly if they even just like you know flinched in my direction they'd take me out like like gavin right like gavin is this this insane like he-man character and we went training once (laughs) yeah "Yeah, we're gonna do some sit-ups and he had a medicine ball (laughs) and i'm throwing the medicine ball at him he's just doing a sit-up and he's gonna throw it back at me and he's got straight arms. Like, how much power can you get into that? And he literally <laughs> launched it back at me, and it and it and it was like a it was like a cannonball. It hit me <laughs> in the chest. It me like through the air. I smacked into one of these treadmills and went literally head 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 over the ass basically. Like, and, and ended up in another room. And so, like, you don't realize the strength of certain people. And say, at sixteen years old. I'm teaching these guys like how to punch, kick, sweep, all of this kind of stuff. But I was so nervous, but because I had to do it twice a week, I think gradually I started to kind of settle into it. And that then took on its own persona when I went to university and I had to present my work to like over 70, 80 people at a time.
2: Mm.
1: But then I ended up going out with this, this girl who was a bit of a psychopath. And she also disrupted my psyche. And then I ended up like I had this OCD. So I had obsessive compulsive disorder in many different forms. And one of them, I don't know if you know much about this version of OCD, but it's like you, when you fear something, you think about it all the time until actually it almost eventually happens. Not always, but you feel like it will. So I always got scared that I would lose my train of thought halfway through a presentation. It terrified me. Mm. to the point where i couldn't stop thinking about it and eventually it happened of course and yeah. i was like you, you <laughs> manifest it into reality right yeah yeah and and that's yeah. the thing is that the thing is when it happened, it was terrible. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was gonna be, right? And and that's the thing, and it normally isn't. And I think that's the thing about having something like OCD and understanding that you've got OCD. Cause I didn't know I had it at the time. I just thought I was psychologically disturbed. And I thought I was the only one that had this kind of weird, crazy thoughts. Mm. Um, but I think all of these, like, you know, to your question Winston like all of these experiences have effectively molded me into become the confident person that i suppose i am today and now i don't care if i mess up and quite frankly if i lose my train of thought halfway through a conversation Mm -hmm. i'll do what i have to do to get back on track i know that what i have to say is of value to to my audience Mm -hmm. however i you know I, i construe that or create that or curate it in order to be heard and to be understood is, is really down to like a kind of uh, uh, a, a case by case basis. We aren't perfect. We make mistakes. People stumble over their words. Incredible, like, you know, perfect celebrities do the same. Like, if we accept the fact that we will fail and we accept the fact that we're imperfect, then we will find the most perfect versions of ourselves, I think.
0: Precisely. Yeah, yes. That's exactly <laughs> it. better. So now, You've had your singing career and you're still doing bits and pieces, as I understand. Now you've uh, opened up the door to becoming an author Um, and you've had a a book that's been uh, received very well, a kid's book, short short book uh, called Sunshine Cake. Uh, Can you tell us the inspiration behind that and the story and the journey of how you got that out there?
1: Yeah. Well, I've been writing, a little bit similar to you, Gav, I've been writing for a long time, but it started off, to be honest with you, with poetry, because poetry was my outlet. It was like a cathartic experience for me to kind of take all of this crazy thinking and put it down on paper. So I did it from a therapeutic perspective. Uh, And then occasionally I'd read poetry in this, that, and the other to people who wanted to listen. Um, And then that poetry evolved into songwriting, and then eventually... Um, I ended up just just kind of almost taking my poetry and thinking deeply about what it was that I wanted it to represent. And I've got various versions, one of which is performance poetry, which is, it's it's kind of erotic comedic poetry, right? I'm like, sat in an audience, listened to a bunch of people reciting poems, and I'm looking around and everyone's fallen asleep. And then after they finished, everyone wakes up and they oh, oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. And it's like no it's not amazing it's esoteric and that's fine it's amazing for the person that's reciting it that's great but like if you want to create poetry that actually kind of resonates you've really got to think about the audience as well and so my performance poetry was always about erotic comedic poetry eroticism always gets people stimulated and comedy obviously it gets them engaged so i started doing all of that kind of stuff and i think that evolved into short stories and that that was like, you know, and I shot a, f- a film about f- seven years ago, a short film as well because I was like, I really, and I think, you know, like you were saying as well, I, I like to explore different mediums. I think that's really important because we, we don't know with whether we're going to get to live this life again, but I think it's important to, you know, to to fail fast, right? So you try things, work out very quickly if it's for you or not, and then, and then move on, go to something else and explore. And yeah. so... Um, with the with the short stories I always got a lot of really positive feedback but I didn't really enter it into many competitions and so um, there was an opportunity recently my sister was like I found this competition is for it's basically yahoo short stories uh, down it's it's basically kind of um, a a podcast series and the winning um, entries will be narrated by a celebrity kind of hollywood actor um and um the long and short of this is that i was one of the winners right Beautiful. so i got aldis hodge um who's you city on a hill if you've seen that and also um uh, brian banks on netflix like the dude's an amazing actor and he's really, you know, he's done some fantastic stuff and got a very, very bright future ahead of him. And he, he, he's similar to us in a sense, because he's a horologist and he's, he's trying many different things as well, which is quite refreshing to see that. But obviously he's on a very successful <laughs> level because he's found his niche in acting and he's made it happen. And then he's like dabbling with other stuff as well. So he's ended up narrating my story which is now, you know, a free podcast on, it's called Yahoo! Short Stories. Um, it's basically, uh, it's S-H-O, uh, I think it's T S or something like that. They've got like a, an interesting way of writing it. Um, and it's an amazing uh, piece of news. Like, I mean, you know, when I submitted the short story, it's called The Sunshine Cake, A lot of the stuff I write is all about kind of a little bit similar to you, Gav. like it's kind of delving into life, right? I'm really analytical. I look at my life. I look at the things that have happened and I explore why they've happened. And then I try and take learnings from that. And I try and then apply that to things that I do in the future. So I can then streamline my direction. And so I can become a more refined version of myself. And I think, you know, this was, a big win for me. I'm always asking for jackpot moments every morning. I'll write down 10 things I'm gracious for. Jackpot moments is one of those things. Because when I was literally like a kid going swimming every Tuesday, I go and play on I, my dad give me 20p to play on the gambling machine. Mm-hmm. And literally every Tuesday, I'd win the jackpot. It was only £2.40. But at the time, I was like, yeah, well. this is insane. Like, you know, 2 pounds And for a kid, that's some serious, like, you know, plenty sweets. So I was, um, I was always kind of like that the whole jackpot moment it kind of goes back to that moment and and I feel that yes we look at life and life is tough and things are happening all the time that saw doom and gloom and this that, and that but it doesn't have to be that way you know for everybody that's living a really bad life there are other people as well that are living a beautiful life mm-hmm. and it's like well why can't we live the beautiful life and what does it take to, to, to experience that level of happiness and so I'm always exploring what that looks like. And I'm not saying that I've nailed it. And, and quite frankly, it's, you know, again, it's, it's a learning curve. And it, it, but I think that it's important to learn and to effectively document that progress and yeah. really write down what it is that you are experiencing so other people can learn from you. And I've done that in these short stories. And so Sunshine Cake's one of them.
0: Great. That's really great. That's great. Let's check it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so what's... Um... <clears throat> So from that, on, off the back of that, what's your, have you got another one lined up? Has the response been really good at people, you know, because I understand you work again in a bit of film and things like this. This hasn't had an impact on all those other areas.
1: It, I think it has from a credentials point of view. I think you know. I think like they were saying because I was asking lots of questions. I asked for Morgan Freeman at first. I was like, oh, it was cool. when they said, "Oh, you won," and I'm like, "Oh, can I ask for the celebrity then?" Because I would love Morgan Freeman. Like, yeah. no offense to Aldis Hodge. Like, he's done an insanely good job. Yeah. But I always felt like I had a voice in mind for. And actually, Aldis Hodge's voice is perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I didn't really know much about Aldis Hodge at the time. But Morgan Freeman was always the man, right? Like, yeah. and if he puts his voice to your story, yeah. like you've made it it doesn't matter even if nobody buys it it's just like I have got Morgan Freeman so I'm banking on Aldis Hodge becoming as popular as Morgan Freeman in the yeah. next or 30 years but um, yeah I mean I, I, I constantly write I've just finished a, a novella I didn't even know what a novella was until I uh, because I was like I'm writing a short story and then I'm like damn I'm, I'm in 20, 26,000 words but yeah. I'm like, what's a novel? And they're like, oh, it's a minimum forty thousand. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't, like that's another. That's a lot of words that I've got to add to this twenty six thousand. So I'm like, what is twenty six thousand? Is it a short story? Is it yeah. something else? And then I checked it out, and it was like a novella. And you've like Shawshank Redemption was a novella. Yeah. And and so that has been a little project that I've uh, been working on uh, during the these kind of COVID times. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, yeah, continually just kind of pushing things out. But I want to write a series. I've got another three short stories that I've written Brilliant. that will complement Sunshine Cake. And it's just that they're short, beautiful stories about people going through tough times, and there's a learning experience through the narrative. And and that's really what it's about. And I always try and imbue that within all of the the written works I create, unless it's obviously one of the erotic comedic poems, which is. <laughs> <laughs> not
0: yeah it's not quite suitable for kids no, yeah. no,
1: absolutely not.
0: Uh, so uh, let's ask you a question about say being in the position that you are now you've obviously had lots of successes and new failures and you kind of have a, a it seems like you have a good sense of who you are now and what kind of things you like and what things you excel at and all of those types of things what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself apart from um,
1: not dressing like Nesbitt. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I think to be, to be fair though dress like Nesbitt right because the thing yeah. is at the end of the day you've got to make those you, you've got to like this is my thing as well is that I can give all the advice to people until I'm like red in the face but you need your own story yeah yeah like, like I think it's really important for you to fail so you have these tales yeah, because yeah. the thing is, I've already started writing about my journey in the band, right? I've written mm. like, I don't know, like about 20,000 words of it. But I honestly want to turn that into a film eventually.
0: Of course, that'd be the, great.
1: Stuff, the stuff we experienced, you know, like I ended up, I, I mean, the, the, just the stuff. <laughs> I, ended up meeting, I ended up meeting like this, this very influential person from, who worked at Vogue at the time. Um, you know, on the on the airplane, and we had like this kind of romance on the airplane. Like I've got stories like that that, that, that need to come out eventually, but I don't think yeah. the time is right right now. And so um, you know, I think from from my perspective, if I was to look back at a younger version of myself, I would like to tell him not to worry as much.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And and don't be fearful of failing because I think that I would have got to where I am now a lot quicker if I if I wasn't so terrified of failure and I was terrified especially in my 20s of failing mm. um, and uh, you know and I've had many I can again I can tell you many stories where I've lost my words I've said stupid things you know like I was on stage first time I went and performed in front of like 200 people in Vegas and, and my singing partner's like, we've got to make an impression. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm down, I'm down. Tell me what I need to do. He's like, right. After we finish, we're going to drop the mics and just walk off. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, I can do that. That's no problem. And then we went on. We sang, we were singing two songs. At the end of the first song, there's this girl who's going crazy. She's like, oh my God. Woo! Like, oh my God. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, calm down, calm down. It's all good, calm down. But it was calmed down, like a kind of Ali G type calm down, where it's a little bit like there's a, there's a comedic thing there.
0: Yeah.
1: It didn't translate. Of course. So everybody thought in America, and especially at that time, that me saying calm down was another way of saying shut up. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone just went, huh? <laughs> and there was silence. And I looked at my scene, partner, he's like, Dude. <laughs> and, then, and then the next song started and then we're like and so we just had to carry on sang the next song no round of applause but I just dropped the mic anyway because that's what we <laughs> decided to do so it felt like I had extra attitude and I'm just like oh, my God. oh like this shut up. shut up and then walked off <laughs> and my, like the dude ran after me just like you, you're killing me out there you can't do stuff like that and i'm like listen i said calm down like it's all good calm down it's always fine like we'll work it out but yeah. like it didn't translate and the, you know you that so there's there's lots of those failures that i've had in my life but you got you just you just gotta accept it and learn and and things go wrong and and, and it's yeah. just it's so I, i'm like if the advice I give to my younger self is make as many mistakes as you possibly can and work out where your successes are going to come from as, as quickly as possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's really, and, and, and don't, and like go for your passion, mm-hmm. anything that you like the taste of, explore it fully with all of your senses and work out whether it's worth exploring more uh, on a long-term basis. That's what I'd say.
0: Yeah. That's, that's fantastic advice. So what does the future hold for Grant Dudson? What's, what's coming up? any bad um, big projects
1: for the last 10 years i've been working on some fantastic experiential projects i ended up basically again like hit 30 years old did not didn't really know what i wanted to do i was kind of trying this that, and the other i fell into advertising but more experiential advertising and events mm-hmm. and i worked myself up to like creative director within about five years but i worked damn hard yeah i was the guy at the agency who would always literally pull everything out of the bag last minute you know if it was if it was a job that needed people to work till three or four in the morning, I'd just work till three or four in the morning and then I'd just sleep on the couch and then I'd get back up again and then I'd carry on again just so we could hit the deadline. And so my work ethic is another thing I tell, I definitely yes. express to my younger self because work ethic is so important. It's all well and good. We all want the shiny things and, 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 the, and the, the, the fabulous kind of lifestyle, but you've got to work hard. Yeah, you know, that's, that's the one thing I've always been that's been consistent with me. I'll give you everything I've got. I'll give you everything. And, and you I always have always true. done that. Yeah. And, 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 and quite frankly, all of that hard work has, has paid off. Like, you know, I'm now creative director of an amazing, amazing agency called Risa. Um, Our main clients are Diageo. You know, we head up the kind of experiential account for Johnny Walker on mm-hmm. a global scale. Like, you know, and they're such incredible clients, um, amazing brands. And so, you know, again, like it's been up and down with that world. Uh, And just when everything was going to go incredibly well, like, you know, this was going to be the second year where I, where I am the creative director of something called world class, which is the world championships for bartenders. And it was going to be in Sydney. And, you know, they flew me out business class to Sydney, literally like in February. Which for me, I'd never done business class before. So I was like, this is amazing, right? Yeah. And it's just little things like that. Most of the people are, oh, yeah, you know, it's a long haul flight. I need to do business class because I can't do economy. I'm like, business class is amazing. Yeah. And so I think it's also about seeing the, 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 the beauty in life. I think it's so important to be able to try and look for the beauty in everything that you do and never take anything for granted. Yeah. And, so, and so all of that hard work in the last 10 years has now seen me arrive at this creative director position. Um, this is something I want to definitely explore and push further. I think that I love designing spaces and experiences. I understand what people like, what make people tick. Um, but I also want to carry on with my writing. Um, and I really want to start to push filmmaking as well. And I think if those, and and, and you know, the, the music, the music is coming together. And I think at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do your creativity will speak for itself. And sometimes it just takes on a a, a presence of its own. You know, like I didn't know that that my my short story would win, but suddenly it's like, you know, over a hundred thousand people are now listening to my short story that's being narrated by a celebrity Hollywood actor. And it's like, you know, you just don't know. But like you said to me earlier, you just got to keep going.
0: Yeah, get, out there. get noticed, and you then yeah. you put yourself out there, and that's the yeah. thing. Most people don't even get to that point because they shut themselves down before they even get to yeah. that stage. You yeah. you dared to be great, basically, yeah. and you and you and it's happened. It's paying off, you know. You've, it hasn't been your first try, second, third, but you just kept on pushing it, and it and it came through, and now you're in a position with all of these incredible experiences and stories. And, you know, I'm sure everyone listening is, you know, has enjoyed everything that you've said. And I'm sure there's plenty more to come. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> no more living with pimps, though. I think I've, um, yeah. I've turned my back on that experience. That's probably saying. a good idea.
0: Probably good <laughs> idea. I think you should leave that one behind.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll leave that one behind. <laughs> but I don't recommend that to my younger self either, quite frankly. Yeah. But it is what it is. Your journey is never, it's, you've got to go with the, you know, it's, it's, it's the rough with the smooth, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, of course, of course. Right. Um, So, yeah, it's it's been an incredible journey uh, you've taken us on. Thank you very much for that. Um, It's
1: been a pleasure to to be on this as well. I think, you know, this is um, definitely something that's going to blossom as well. I think you guys are fantastic. You get the most out of people. And I think it's really easy to talk to you, which is fantastic. Yeah. I, I think a lot that. of the time you'll get podcasters that talk more than you. Yeah. So tell me what you think. Oh, yeah, no, no, actually, I did that as well last week. And you go, like, I've seen some of those. Or, like, yeah. why, do you have, why do you
2: have a guest? I don't get it. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like just leveraging to talk about themselves. But I think you're, the, the way that you're pulling this together is amazing. And I think it'll be a huge success as well. So it's an absolute honor for me to be on this at such an early stage as well. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you for coming.
0: Me. Uh, yeah thank you for coming on and we yeah we aim to always create a space for people to speak their truth uh, without feeling of any threatened or you know any sort of way and just feel comfortable as possible to just talk openly and freely about whatever they want so yeah that's been good so where can we find you and your books and everything that you're doing um of course we'll put everything down on the links below uh, on our youtube and podcast channels
1: granted access is basically my instagram Channel, which effectively I'll just put loads of my stuff on there Uh, any achievements or just kind of daily fun. Um, Mm. I'm always up to kind of weird. Everyone's like, you've got to stop climbing, you're 40 years old now. And it's just like, (laughs) no, I'm going to climb until. I can't climb anymore, right? I broke my oh, heel climbing oh. like five years ago. I haven't learned. Yeah. Um, I, but now I wear Hirachi trainers if I'm climbing. So if I do fall, <laughs> there's some cushioning. But I think that, like this is the thing is that don't let anyone tell you who you are or what you should be doing. If you're yeah. not upsetting anybody, there's no reason you can't climb, jump, spin. You know, I've just downloaded something that teaches you how to backflip in 30 days. I'm not sure whether I'm going to kill myself doing it, but I want to, I want to check it out, right?
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: Um, so granted access is basically my, my kind of Instagram handle. Um, and uh, yeah, effectively, most stuff is on there. I did post also about the sunshine cake on there. The links are on there, I believe. But anything that you want to know, any advice you want, to get from me, like that's the best way to get hold of me.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add, or any uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, you know, there's lots more. <laughs> there's yeah, lots yeah, of course, more. but you got lots to sleep. We're We're again. Back book, back to sleep
1: again. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: we'll definitely have a part two, um, we do
1: part two. lined
0: up. But yeah, you got to save stuff for your for your autobiography and all that type of stuff. That's true. That, that, is, that is very <laughs> true. To, to entice us.
1: <laughs> yeah, good, good. No, I think I'm done then. That's that's. Um, it's been amazing, guys. I really appreciate it. It's been great. Really fascinating story,
2: Grant. It's been really nice to meet you. Um, we I don't know if we've probably met actually in uh, in Solo Fitness first. Is that possible? I, I met Winston. Mean, as well. that's, that's where I met Gavin. So we might have met before. So, but it's really nice to meet you properly now.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Winston. Uh, yeah, we. I was I was there for like I don't know, like a whole year, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was I think it was around what 2008,
1: 2009? Yeah, it was because I was just starting to work at the Kingley Club at that time.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. I
2: all right, yeah. so yeah, very likely. So <laughs> they've yeah, come yeah, well, to the Kingley.: so,
1: Club. All good, the good. You team.
0: might have seen him flying. You might have, might have seen Grant flying past of a medicine ball. Yeah, no <laughs> I
1: was I was either like I was either like on weights making way too much noise for the size of the weight I was trying to bench press. And everyone was just like, Will you shut up? Like it's just not big enough to make lots of noise. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Or oh, Gavin is just taking me out with a medicine ball. That's generally my routine at Fitness First. Right?
2: There's definitely some stories for fitness first, but we'll save that for another time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Later,
0: later for time. Right, really <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. All right, cool. All right, it's been great. This has been The Big Fort with Grant Dudson, uh, myself, Gavin Asine, and Winston Williams. And uh, thank you for joining us. Take care. Cheers, buddy. See ya.
2: Oh.